It's the high school football game of the week. Listen, man. Tonight is the night. Then make the night for yourself. Not one, but two of the best games in the triad every Friday. All comes down to today. Catch the action on WTOB 980 AM and 96.7 FM. Who got my back? Or tune in to our second game on WCOG 1320 AM. Both games powered by TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, your home for triad sports. Season begins August the 20th. This should be played at high volume. Vickers blocking his teammate, white flag this time, one to go. He's got to block two teammates to win it though. Welcome back to the Pit Stop here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And Brad, I'm really excited to talk about the Glen. One of my home tracks, I'd say. I, I'm not from there, nor did I grow up in New York, but I have a lot of family up there. I spent quite a bit of time up there. Unfortunately, mainly it's just uh, going up and looking at some of the turns, mainly turn one, and uh, saying, oh, that'd be so cool to be here when it's not 20 degrees out, because that seems to be the common theme for me when I go up to New York is it's about five degrees negative outside. But anyways, I'm really excited to say I was wrong. I'm so happy to say that I predicted Chase Elliott to be the winner. I thought there was no way anybody's going to get him. And it's not just that he didn't win. And, and I'm not a Chase Elliott hater, as, as many people um, know. I, I'm, I'm pretty neutral on him. I'm one of the few that are very neutral on Chase Elliott. But I was very excited to see a guy in which his first road course win came earlier this year. His his start of his dominance, Kyle Larson, came right at the beginning of this year. So it's so exciting to see these teammate battles. This is exactly what, especially you, Brett, this is exactly what Hendrick has always been known for. Exactly, is, is domination on road courses and... I think a lot of us, I'm not going to say we we knew Kyle Larson could do this kind of stuff on road courses, but we knew it was a possibility, right? I mean, we know how good a wheelman he is on dirt, on ovals. I mean, it was only a matter of time, and to me, for him to do what he's doing right now, anywhere, at any track, he just needed to be put in the right equipment. And now that he's with Hendrick Motorsports and in their stable— you're finally seeing what we've known he's been capable of this whole time. You know, Kyle Larson has this thing, and it's, it's a word I, I try to use to myself because a lot of people make fun of this term that I've coined, but I call it sense. And I think Kyle Larson is the kind of person where he becomes one with the car, and that doesn't matter if he's driving his Chevy Silverado that, Oh, wait, no, he doesn't have a company car. Uh, famously, he doesn't have a company car. Excuse me. He could be driving anybody uh, his car when he's not racing. But seriously, though, I think he has this, this sense of where the four wheels are, what the four wheels need to be doing, the engine, the transmission, everything. He just, everything comes together, and he becomes this, this like, Voltron-like force um, where just all the pieces of the car come together and he's the thing that unites it and just makes it the best car on the track. 
We've seen it where there have been a couple races in which he totally could have won, if not something terribly unlucky. Um, and, and obviously, Pocono was famous. The race, you know, race one Pocono. It was supposed to be his race win. Um, a little bad luck. Did not go his way. Uh, I think he was happy to see at least a teammate was able to win that race instead of him. But that's not just it. There have been a couple races where he had a really, really, really good car. Um, but early bad luck led to um, a, a middle-of-the-pack run for the rest of the day. I think Las Vegas could have been one of those races. I was pretty worried about him at first. But I'm not going to lie. I, I've been cheering for Kyle Larson all year. I have been wanting him to do so well. I I was not a big fan of him losing his job. I, I think you that was a, a situation that you could have worked through. But um, I'm excited to see him back in the race car, and I'm excited to see him come back to this form. It's, it's the form that we knew he could have been capable of, and I think it's almost funny. I still, to this day, have been hearing... I didn't know Kyle Larson could be this good. And I'm thinking, why? Like, ha- have you guys been watching NASCAR? And I think oh, that's the problem. Man, what have you been watching? Because he hasn't been bad. Like, <laughs> No, like even when he was with Ganassi, I mean, look look at how close he came. It was almost like a Chase Elliott kind of thing. He overdrove that close, car. Look how close he came right. to winning race after race. The, the Kyle Busch finish at Chicagoland. That's another situation in which he overdrove what he had. Here, he doesn't have to overdrive it because basically it does the work for him. He's driving the best equipment in the sport right now in the Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet. Not that Ganassi didn't have good equipment, but they didn't have Hendrick Motorsports equipment. Again. You know what I think is going to happen? James Davison is going to be the next guy coming up for the Rick Ware Racing Team. I know. But I think James Davison is going to be a perfect example of that. Not be shocked in the slightest. The dude's talented, and I, I wish people would be able to see him. Obviously, it's kind of hard to get coverage on one of the l- slowest cars in the field. But it's not him. I promise. He overdrives that car. He got a DNF in Watkins Glen. But still, <laughs> he is a talented guy. I think he would be a really good. Um, you know, uh, he's good for about top ten, about you know six or seven top tens every year, uh, and then a bunch of top twenties. And then quite a few top 15s. But I, I think he'll be really good for points, really good for uh, super speedway races to have as a teammate. But that's something I'm excited to look forward to. So anyway, so let's go over the top five real quick. And then, Brett, this is something you and I have been very excited to. So I'm reserving quite a bit of time for this in this segment. Uh, the top five at Watkins Glen was fifth, Denny Hamlin. He was a guy, he had such a good race. He, he led most of the laps. I, I, actually, I don't know if he led most of the laps, but I believe he did. I don't have those numbers pulled up. Um, my, by my last count, uh, he did lead quite a few laps. At that time, I did have to step away from the TV. I had to listen to it on the radio, actually. He was leading most laps. Then his teammate, Kyle Busch. Then his teammate, Martin Truex Jr. Then... The two teammates at Hendrick, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. That has kind of been the story all year um, quickly, and I don't want us to harp on this too much because, again, it it gets to the point where if you're still surprised by this, this is another one of those things where if you're surprised by this, you haven't been watching, you haven't been seeing the slow puzzle pieces being put together between him and Rudy Fugel. William Byron finishing sixth, a guy who is not famous for road course success. Um, 
But that's a strong team finish, especially with how many people were behind him. And again, we can talk about this race. This is a great race. Um, but there was a lot of cars behind him that would have loved to absolutely dump or take out or shove them. I mean, obviously, it's a road course, so shoving up the racetrack is not necessarily as clear cut as it might be. But again, very, very strong finish for William Byron, who is still very strongly in the points and is a guy who I really think is going to start that come around. It's, it's, I knew he'd be good. I, I didn't know he'd be this good this quick. I really did think it would take him a very long time. One of my coldest takes in NASCAR history is that William Byron would be the worst driver at Hendrick forever. Um, and now, and again, worst driver at Hendrick does not mean a lot, you know, because worst driver at Hendrick means you're probably one of the best drivers in the field. Um, I really did think Alex Bowman would leapfrog him and absolutely destroy the competition. They'd have a three-way horse race, but it started to look like William Byron is that guy instead. And I'm not going to lie, Brett, personally, growing up, I would rather see the 24 car win than the 48. But you you are a Jeff Gordon fan. I just know in my heart and in my brain and in every bone in my body, Jeff Gordon is better and more talented and quicker and more... Famous and a better goat than Jimmy Johnson is. Period. Full stop. So I like seeing the twenty-four way. Everyone else knows how I feel. Right. Absolutely. I agree completely. But look, yes, one of your coldest takes is William Byron will be the worst driver at Hendrick Motorsports. But then again, the worst driver at Hendrick is better than the best driver at a lot of other teams. I said this from the get-go. William Byron and Rudy Fugel re-upping their relationship, so to speak. After quite a few years um, apart. Yeah, since, since Byron was in the truck series. Re-upping their relationship here at the cup level. Chad Knauss going to the point where he did um, up on the totem pole and Jeff Gordon's going to be an executive uh, guy, so to speak, next year. William Byron and Rudy Fugel have proven what I knew was the truth and that they are an unstoppable duo. Right. When Rudy Fugel is a card genius. This is, I, I'm not by any means comparing these, but what I'm getting right now is, is is a Gordon Evernham kind of vibe here because that was exactly these are what I was two thinking. guys. These are two guys that, as driver and crew chief, are locked into each other. They know what the other one wants. Rudy knows what Byron wants out of the car. William knows what Rudy wants out of him. And when you have that kind of two-way relationship between driver and crew chief, it, it almost doesn't matter what 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 else happens when you've got that kind of communication level it's hard to stop yeah i'm really excited to see what william byron can make of these next couple of years um personally i think he might be able to get one more win but i don't expect some sort of crazy championship run out of him but we shall see anyways moving on this is the segment that you or you know this is the topic that we've been really excited to talk about um, obviously, we've known it's been coming. Uh, we now have official name with the game, but NASCAR 21 Ignition is going to be coming to the all-new platforms, every platform you can think of. I, I don't know if it's coming to Nintendo, probably not, but um, 
We got a new NASCAR game, and, and, and this is not something I would have talked about if it was one of the Heat games. I, I want all of my listeners, especially those who don't play video games, to understand this. This is not me talking about a NASCAR segment to fill time. This is me talking about something that is going to be wholly good for the sport. I got into sports um, through video games, period. I got into racing because I used to play NASCAR 09 in the years 2013-2014 on my PS2 uh, with Jeff Gordon on the cover, uh, made by EA. So I got into NASCAR through video games. I got into racing through video games. I got into cars through video games. And now you're sitting here listening to my lovely voice talk about racing. Okay, so clearly it worked. NASCAR 21 is going to be a game that is good enough to warrant that kind of that kind of relationship being built. NASCAR 21 is going to be the game where, you know, and Brett and I remember these moments as very young kids where we're going to see that game, we're going to ask mom and dad for it, they're going to buy it, we're going to play it nonstop, and then, well, NASCAR race is just half an hour away, I'm going to go see it. And then they drag me to it, you know, and I, and I get to go see the NASCAR race and this guy I like wins or that guy I like wins. And that's how these relationships are built. And that's how you get people in the seats. That's how you get people to buy the tickets and buy the diecasts and buy the T-shirts and buy all this stuff. So and we'll talk a little bit more about the game in specifics in a second. But this is exactly what I've been looking forward to. Uh, 100%. And look, uh, a lot of people are going to be upset because Rock and Xfinity are not in the game. Here's why you should be concerned about that. The one thing that was so great about the, the NASCAR Thunder and the EA games that you talked about was the early versions of which up until... Um, about 05, 06, probably 07, which were li- like you games that I grew up playing. And that's really how I got into NASCAR and, and a lot of sports in general was I was pretty much addicted to those video games as a kid. But those early games up until 05, there was no truck. There was no Bush series at the time. There was no dirt to Daytona. That was only available on the Dirt to Daytona game when there were multiple licenses. But that's what made that game so great is EA focused solely on Cup and how to make Cup perform at its best. That's what Heat did wrong. Heat focused on the the, the smaller aspects of... not. I'm not devaluing Truck and Xfinity in real life, Okay. They focus too much on the aspects of those things and not how to make the engine and the physics work better. Right. Now that they're using this Unreal Engine, which you and I both know was top of the line, this game, NASCAR 21, it's entitled NASCAR Ignition 21. Bubba Wallace, Ryan Blaney, and Chase Elliott are on the cover. Look, plus you've got to throw in the fact that we're going to have next gen. There were a lot of things that you and I wanted that could not have been accomplished if there was time spent on Truck and Xfinity. Because Heat 2 through 5 was basically just copy and paste. Right. Upload the new paint schemes, call it a day. Exactly. And that's the problem with a lot of sports games, is it just becomes a copy and paste with roster updates. Right, absolutely. That's what this was. That's what Heat 2 through 5 was. 
this is going to be the best NASCAR game that we've seen since probably NASCAR the game 2011, uh, which was actually made by a developer out of the UK. Yeah. But this is this will be, other than that, the best game since EA's license ran out in 2009. Absolutely. Um, for people that are looking to pre-order, I do have something here from IGN. Um, there is a standard and a champions edition, um, as there was the last with Heat. There's a gold edition, so to speak, where you get some some bonuses. Um, the last two times you got to unlock Jeff Gordon or, or Tony Stewart as a uh, as an unlockable uh, driver. This time you get to unlock Bill Elliott um, in the champions edition. So that's cool. Um, and there's you'll get access to all the DLC that comes out and, and the, the, the paint schemes that drop from time to time, but Motorsport Games made the 100% right decision to focus solely on Cup. They added in the, the, the paint booth, which was a staple of the EA game, so you and I, as creative nerds, can go in there and make the wildest paint schemes known to man. Oh, I know what um, I'm making. I'm going to recreate what I made on NASCAR 15. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back to 08, but look, oh, I still have my PS... I, I still have a PS... Well, I bought a PS2 off somebody, and I have old NASCAR games, so... Going back and reliving those um, the past couple of months, and then seeing what, what Motorsport Games and, and the Unreal Engine and, and R-Factor 2 are all going to do with this... This is going to be unparalleled, not in terms of, in terms of NASCAR, but in terms of racing games outside of formula one because you and i both know how good the f1 games are and plus this is going to be on next gen it's going to come post launch but you can play it on next gen and the graphics will be next gen the driving will be next gen this is going to be something that if you are a fan of this sport even casually you will go spend the money on because you will have hours and hours of fun you know, Brett, I'm not necessarily familiar with the term next gen as I've been on the same gen, and that's called Windows. That's called Windows PC for about five years now, so I'm not not, not, not sure what that means. But uh, anyways, moving on. You know, I'm really excited about the graphics, the physics. I want the tracks to look like the tracks, all right? I don't want it to be this turn, that turn, and then we're going to throw a bunch of crap in there. If there is something off in the distance, I want to see it. When we go to Worldwide Technologies Raceway, I want to see the arch. I don't care if it's nowhere near the arch. Put the arch in there. Make it real, okay? But that's the kind of stuff I would like to see. I'm personally really excited about it. Personally, I would love for someone to sue the crap out of Teresa Earnhardt so we can get the Intimidators car in the game. That's something that will likely not happen really ever simply because we lost Dale right at the right at the coming of all these really, really good NASCAR Cup video games. But it is going to be exciting. It is going to be something that I think can be like the F1 game in that it can be played by a five-year-old, but also just because of how much variation in the physics and the settings you can go into, it can also be treated like a real simulator. You know, we have to keep in mind, and I like that you touched on this with the F1 games, is that the F1 games can be played by, the, you know, the casual fan who just, hey, I want to get a racing game. I want to buy this game, and I want to play it. I want to enjoy it. I don't, I don't know exactly how to drive an F1 car. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to worry about breaking zones and all this other extra stuff. 
But then also, at that game's hardest difficulty, the actual teams field simulator drivers and, and race for a championship uh, in the game. So that's something that I would love to see. I'd love to see that much variation, less reliance on the iRacing type stuff, because if you can have your own branded cup game become one of the best simulators of your style of racing, uh, you've already won. And, and that's what F1 was able to do. The problem with the Cup Series racing was iRacing was better, R-Factor was better. So there were too many other products that simulated it better but may or may not have had the licenses in order to keep that NASCAR branding there. So that's exactly what I'm looking forward to. With that, um, I'd say we're going to have to end this segment. But coming up, we're going to talk about last week at Bowman Gray. And then after that, we're going to prepare you for what's coming up towards the end of the season. Next on The Pit Stop. The specials never stop at Blue Naples Pizza, an Italian restaurant. Every day, you get a large two-topping pizza for only $11.99. On Sunday, watch football and enjoy our large one-topping pizza and 10 wings for only $17.99. Plus lunch specials every day of the week. Blue Naples Pizza, an Italian restaurant. 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Welcome back to the Pit Stop here in Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And as usual, the madhouse was pretty crazy. Um, I was doing my fair share of uh, enjoying it last week, but I was also uh, at home watching really old clips. I saw the old one where uh, I sent this one to you, Brett, where uh, there was the wreck and the fire. All the way back in 2005, I didn't even live um, in Texas or I lived in Texas when that happened, I believe. Um, very, very vaguely remember that. Right. But it, it, you sent me that video, and it was just wild. That's pretty crazy. And, and you know what's funny is the old the old house and all that. When you're looking around, it's it's unrecognizable to the modern Bowman Gray. You know, obviously, you know where they're sitting, and you look at it, and you're like, oh wow, that looks nothing like Bowman Gray does today. And it, it's cool to see how how much. Bowman Gray has changed in the last 16 years. But anyways, let's get into last week's recap. Really, it was across the board. I don't know how to describe this, but it wasn't a surprising week in terms of who won. But it was it was um, it was it wasn't expected. It was something that people could just enjoy, just genuinely enjoy. Right. So. In the modified, Jason Myers was able to duke it out. He led every single lap and got that race win. And that's really good for him. This is something that I know that he has been looking for, considering he's third in the points. He is all but out of the race. I will say him and Brandon Ward are pretty much the last two guys. I would give them a shot with Brandon Ward at 398 points, Jason Myers at 406 points. But really... Tim Brown and Burt Myers are the two guys who I really think are going to be end up being your champions. With 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 their gap above everyone else, with Tim Brown sitting first at 448 points, and then Burt Myers just barely behind him with 444 points, you start to realize, hey, look, yeah, Jason Myers does statistically still have a chance, but that would require both Tim Brown and Burt Myers to have a really really bad next couple weeks. And then also him pretty much win. 
uh, or finish really close. So that's kind of the problem here. So you really know it's coming down to one of those two, but that's exactly what you're looking for, right? Who can get to 11 first and, and who can be that guy? So that's something that's pretty exciting. One thing I also did want to point out was it wasn't just a bunch of nobodies running uh, last week. For those who may have not bit went, but uh, Bobby Labonte ran now. So that was something that was pretty exciting. He ran in that modified race. So that was pretty far, no less. Right, absolutely. You know, and, and obviously, I'm a pretty big fan of that, but that was exciting. I, I, I wish he would have won that because, holy crap, would I have been going nuts. I'm a big fan of the Labonis. I go to church with them. They're, they're awesome people. Great to talk to. My mom has trolled them on multiple occasions when she pulls up in her Mustang. Um, so it's, it's, it's fun to know that my mom has absolutely no holds barred and I get that from her and that she'll troll any sort of champion she can get in hand in front of. I, I tell Michael Jordan, I'd son him to his face, but you know, that's established as, I mean, I told that to Ben Simmons, face and, uh, he, he kind of just walked away and it's not really going well for him in the NBA world anyways. But moving on the sportsman series, my favorite series had two races ran and, the two favorites, the two friends of the show, uh, won. So I'm telling you, Brett, that is the that is the difference maker. You come on pits, you go pit stop, you win some races. The Tiger Tommy Neal, uh, he was the first sportsman driver I ever interviewed. Uh, he come he came on the show a long time ago. He won one of the first races. He's first in the points. Amber Lynn, she goes on to win her second race um, in two weeks. Uh, and now she's third in the point. She's been holding that position for quite a while. We are hoping that she can eventually jump leapfrog Zach Ory, who really, as much as we like him, has not been putting on that much of a show. He's kind of riding that really strong opening of the year. But Emberlin's closing in on him, and uh, with that double points week coming up and with some other events coming up, I do hope that she can leapfrog him and the Tiger and Amber Lynn can duke it out because it's a one-time champion with a no-time champion. So the Sportsman is a, is a series that really, it doesn't matter who wins out of the top three, that'll be a big one. That'll be a really big one. Um, the Michael Adams 19 car is a car I think we definitely want to give a shout-out to. That's a car that's been running, I'd say, a little bit above its weight class. Obviously, it's hard to, to measure that, but... Um, uh, when I look at that car, I definitely wouldn't say, oh, that's a car that I absolutely think will be finishing top five in the points by the end of the season. But that is exactly what he's been able to do, at least if he was able to hold this position. Anyways, with Street Stock, Taylor Robbins makes history uh, because she becomes one of two females to win on the same night across two different series. She's able to win that street stock race making BGS history and that, and that and that is pretty cool to see um, multiple female winners but then stadium stock had their two races and I'd say it, it was kind of weird where the first race had most of your contenders the second race had most of your everybody else's and uh, Grayson Keaton is able to pull out that win and that's one of the divisions that I think is going to be pretty interesting coming down to the wire because most of these guys have not won a title Brandon Brindle, Grayson Keaton, they don't have stadium stock titles. So those are your first one and twos. Those are guys who 454 points for Brindle, uh, 450 points for Keaton. Those are guys who are running for a title. And that's exactly 
the kind of racing that we want to see. We want to see guys who are hungry for it, want, ready to win that style, and and maybe move their way up and and and, and further clog some of these divisions with more talent, right? I, I, I think the stadium stock is a series where, yeah, you can come on in and make that your home and do it for 10, 20 years. But to me, part of the point of stadium stock is to establish yourself and, and climb the ranks and, and get out of it and get into something where you can really contend for some stuff among some pretty talented people, right? 100%. Absolutely. Thank you. Anyways, I want to shout out just a couple drivers that have been impressing me. Wyatt Sapp has been pretty good, 7th in the points. Chuck Wall, 5th in the points, last year's champion. Well, you know, 2019's champion, but the last championship to be had. Um, And then Robert Stramiska, obviously, 3rd in the points. The dude has been absolutely bonkers, just absolutely winning. And just doing great things on the racetrack. A guy I'd like to watch in stadium stock. Nobody, to me, beats the 40 car of Kenny Dixon. Um, He's the greatest to ever touch stadium stock. So, you know, just know you wreck him. um, You're going to be hated by the entire network here. And I have the entire Tobacco Road Sports Radio backing me when I say that. So we're going to go sponsor every other car. And maybe do Except some Bounty Gate stuff. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> but uh, doing a couple little pit maneuvers on Bowman Gray has, is not a foreign concept. As Denny Hamlin always says, it's short track racing. Absolutely. Uh, you can't get much shorter track than the famed quarter mile, right? You know, So I don't, I don't expect too many people to really kind of act a fool on that racetrack because they know there's not a lot of room to get away. And that's kind of what Justin Taylor and I talked about, right? You can be crazy, but there's not a lot of room to get away from somebody, right? You know, Daytona, you might be able to spin somebody out. Well, you know, you could be a mile in front of them, literally a mile. Uh, so You're going to answer for it. You're going to answer for it. Right. That's, that's how it works at the Madhouse. And that is why it's called the Madhouse. Uh, the, it's the greatest event there. And, um, you know, even even in modified, those cars have a lot of grip, and it's kind of hard to get them going. But as the season has been going further and further along, some of these drivers who are well established, they've been having a little bit less. How do I say this? Tolerance for um, poor maneuvers, bad moves, um, and cut cutting down on them. Tim Brown, Burt Myers, these are guys who they're not guys who come out and want to wreck people. They don't have an interest in that. They have an interest in winning. They want to drive their line. They want to win the races that they're going to try and win, which is all of them. But uh, you, you start to come down to the wire. These championship races are heating up. They're not going to have a lot of room for that. It's either get out of my way, um, literally move out of the way, go on the outside, or I'll just find a way around you. And I don't have a lot of tolerance for bad crap. I'm not, I'm not sitting here uh, and waiting for that. And I think August 14th is going to be a perfect example of that. But uh, that's something that we'll get into in the next segment. But seriously, though, last week was one of the better weeks at Bowman Gray. We had quite a few events uh, with the Demolition Derby and all these other things. Bobby Labonte came down. One of the best weeks to have gone. You know, just a ton of cool stuff. We only got two weeks left coming up. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. But... That was a great week. I, I think one more thing I would like to point out was uh, Jonathan Brown. 
he uh, he he took that shot at uh, one of those one of those uh, those five thousand dollar awards where they go down the line, offer anybody who's willing to go all the way to the back of the field if they can get up to their position that they started from or would have started from, they get five thousand dollars. So uh, John Brown he takes it. He he was right. He was he qualified for fourth. Um, he takes that shot. Has to go through. So many modified cars. I mean, a billion trillion modified cars. He finishes sixth. So just two point, you know, two spots shy of five Gs, which would have totally helped to offset some of the costs of putting the car together and bringing it out to the Bowman Gray Stadium, at least for that week, you know. But uh, you know, that that was one of those things where. I was I was cheering for him. I was hoping he was able to do it, especially considering his championship uh, run has kind of fizzled out as of late. It's not necessarily one that's going to be entirely over. Statistically, he is still in it. Mathematically, he is still in it, but he's currently sixth. Um, he's ten points behind the guy in front of him, who's more than ten points ahead of the guy in front of him. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of making up to do. So he kind of just said, you know what, I'm going to go for $5,000. We're going to see if we can make it. And uh, he just, just misses out on that. But anyways, we're going to take a break. Coming up, we're going to talk the next couple segments, the next couple events, and the next couple things that you can expect at Bowman Gray. We've got two weeks left, guys, next on The Pit Stop. Welcome back to The Pit Stop here in Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And like I said, Brett, we've got two weeks left for Bowman Gray Stadium Racing in the year 2021. How tragic is that? It's gone, it's gone so fast. I mean, what? But it's it's, it's what we have here. I mean, it's, right. that, that's, that's how this works. Is It's only for, for summers long, but, God, it feels like it has flown by. You know, obviously we missed a couple weeks uh, due to the pandemic. We weren't able to race um, at the beginning of this year, but there was some stuff that I think should have been able to have been done. Uh, Part of it is because considering where the track is located and some other things around the track and that it's on a college campus and that it is still a football field, Actively, yeah, uh, fun fun fact that I wanted to throw at our listeners that might not be aware of this, um, as we approach the NFL preseason beginning, uh, Bowman Gray Stadium actually hosted pre NFL preseason games. Yeah, the Packers in, played somebody. Sixties, the Vince Lombardi's Packers played the Washington Redskins in nineteen sixty four. Uh, one of the season in, in seasons in which the Packers went on to win uh, the NFL title. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I, uh, I remember doing that, and I was uh, about, about two years ago. I was doing some research, and I'm like, oh wow, I did not know the Packers played there. So that's pretty cool. You know, you, you wonder what would happen if you were to get some of those old Packers and bring them to the stadium now and see what they'd be like. And they say, "Is this Lambo?" Because they're old. You get it? Because they're old. All right, bad joke. But anyways. <laughs> You know, the thing with Bowman Gray is that it's they work so closely with the city of Winston. And, and the city of Winston obviously had to make some tough choices going into the season. Obviously, that's something we knew. But here's the thing, though. It's a double-edged blade because you and I personally 
went out to the Cars Tour race at a Speedway, and as much as I don't necessarily remember who won that 125-lap race, do you know what I remember about the, the race at a Speedway, Brett? What would that be? It was, about, it was about five degrees. It was freezing cold in April. Usually cold for April, yes. Uh, extremely cold up in Altamaha. And, and, and that was the thing. It's just like... You know, when we had Jason Turner, owner of the track, on the show, uh, it was a lot of fun, but holy crap, was it freezing, freezing cold. It was extremely cold. And what's funny is, we're about an hour, maybe an hour and 10, 20 minutes from where Bowman Gray is, is situated, and what are they talking about in the in the stands? And obviously, they're enjoying the race at a speedway. That's a track that we work pretty closely with, and that's a track that I encourage so many people to get out to when they can. That's also a track I will be personally being at uh, for quite a few events once Bowman Gray calls it quits. So if you do want to meet the host and co-host of this show, come on out. But anyways... That's a track we love. That's a, that's 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 you know that's one of our tracks. Uh, mainly one of the reasons we don't cover it as much as we do is simply because getting out there can be pretty tough for us, um, considering it'd be about a two-hour round trip uh, just to go see a couple of races there. But it's a track we love, and it's a track we definitely definitely encourage everybody to go out to. Three Eleven Speedway is a good one. Uh, Hickory and well, Hickory is a good one. So there's a lot of great short tracks, right? So I want us. To, to to feel good. I want us all the Bowman Gray fans to say, hey, look, we're coming back next year. Um, you know, the Facebook groups, keep them active. Make sure that we're all posting in there, talking crap about your least favorite driver, saying this guy stinks and uh, whatever. But just know, short track racing is not over, okay? There are other tracks that are going to be fielding other events. You know, we have a cup race. Um, we have the entire uh, NASCAR series is going to Martinsville once more. They're going to Richmond. Um, so there, there is more racing to be done within our vicinity and all short track racing, thankfully. So don't feel discouraged, okay? I want the fans to hear this. We have more racing to be done. And if you like the short tracks, that's great. We got the Charlotte Roval coming up too uh, in terms of what's geographically near our audience. But I promise you guys, it's not done. Caraway Speedway, I don't know what kind of events they're running. I've personally never been there. But um, they'll not be running some stuff. I have no clue. But that's a track that's near us. So anyways, don't feel like it's over. With that being said, let's get down into the dirty. Let's talk about the two events we have left. The two weekends we have left. August 14th, August 21st. This is what you're going to have to close out the season and finally decide some championships. August 14th, we're going to get two 50-lap modified races, and this is one of the biggest ones out there. It's not going to be like the endurance race that we'll expect the week after. These are two semi-medium-length runs, and they're going to go, and they're going to go as fast as they possibly can, and they're going to see if they can win the race, plus a demolition derby. Sportsman, street stock, and stadium stock. I'm not going to lie to you, Brett. I wish we'd cut the Demolition Derby and just run for the championship. Obviously, I know some people love the Demolition Derby, but me, I love racing. I love guys who really just come out there, try and race as good as they possibly can. Wrecks do happen, but 
Demo derbies are not necessarily my cup of tea. I just want to run for these championships, and these this is what matters to me as a host of the show, as friends of these drivers, as, as someone who grew up in the local short track scene. I know how much this matters. And I'm not going to lie to you, even the Demo Derby guys, even the guys who are running these cars for fun will say that. They say, look, this is for fun. This is something I do. It's stupid. It's whatever. But they're not running for points. Okay, so that's the difference maker here. They are not running for these championship level points. With that being said, I really, really do think August 14th is going to be uh, more important than many people are going to understand. Obviously, next week, there's going to be double points, so that's going to have a huge impact on exactly what you can expect. And what. And obviously, that's going to be the final decide, deciding maker. I don't think anybody's going to be statistically able to win it until the end of the, until the last week on August 21st. But with that being said, uh, at 8, we're going to get that stadium stock race, just that 15-lap race. Then we're going to get that sportsman division, the first one. With just 20 laps, I wish it was a little bit more. I wish we'd get a, get a couple more big ones in with the sportsmen, but you know I don't get everything I want. Then we're gonna get that 50 lap modified. Then another 20 lap sportsman. Then another 50 lap modified. Then that 20 lap street stock. And then finally the stadium stock. And then at 11:10 they're gonna start the demo derby and they're gonna go. Um, Brett. You and I will be there personally um, for one of the one of the one of the few times that we've actually been able to free enough to both be at the track at the exact same time. Um, what can we expect out of all those events? Goodness, I mean, there's so much. There there's is, so much stuff. There, there is so much that can happen, and that's what's going to make it so fun. Is you know everything that you could possibly expect or not expect is more than likely going to occur. That's what makes this track so great. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited um, to see what we can expect. I'm really excited to see the kind of things because there's some stuff that, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool to see uh, Tim Brown win another title or Burt Myers win another title, but some of this stuff is is defying the expectations with the demo, demo Derby, but I think Sportsman is going to be the one to watch. I think this is going to be exactly what Bowman Gray was looking for. I mean, clear cut. Exactly what Bowman Gray was looking for. I think we've got a situation on our hands where as much as it was a shortened season, it was so much action packed into... You know, a a shortened year. And that's exactly what I'm looking forward to. Anyways, let's get into the August 21st race before we wrap it up here. The Carolina Farm Credit 150 is going to be that 150-lap race in the Modified Series, plus the 40-lap Sportsman Race, plus racing in all the other divisions as well. 150 laps after the two twin 50 laps. Obviously, we don't want to decide our championship picks just yet, Brett, but what can we expect to end this season out? What do you think August 21st is going to be like? And obviously, we can talk a little bit more in detail going to the next segment, but what can we expect out of that? 
<laughs> I, I don't even know. I mean, right. It's going to be crazy. That There's no way to put predictions, or there's no good way to put predictions onto, onto Bowman Gray. Right. Especially in a situation like, like we're about to get. I mean, this is going to be... I, I can't even stress it to, to you guys enough how much we're going to get in terms of just expect the unexpected, okay? Because I'm about to go speechless with just all the scenarios that are kicking around in my head. Right. I'm struggling to generate all these scenarios because there's just so much that can happen. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And as talk show hosts, that's not good for us. No, that is not. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be spectacular. This is exactly the kind of end to the season, uh, shortened or not, that Bowman Gray wanted. This is exactly the kind of end to the season that I expect most of the fans are gonna have wanted. I'm excited. I cannot wait to see who's crowned modified champion. That's the main event. That's the big one. That's the huge one. Uh, but also with the sportsman, Amber Lynn, she's still in position to get her first title. Zach Ory's in position to get a title. Tommy Neal's in position to get another title. So much stuff can happen among the big two, among the big divisions, and just this is something that we'll look back upon and say, oh, yeah, I remember the 2021 year. Yeah, shortened as it may be, I remember this event and that event and that race and this week and that week. And that's exactly what you're going to have. With a shortened season, I feel like we'll have more memories made by the 2021 Bowman Gray racing year than other seasons will have ever been able to do with 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 m- way more weeks being raced, and that's the, that's kind of the the thing here is that every single week has had something, every single week has had something to talk about, something to be excited about. We made attempts at making room for other local racing, but it just wasn't as important as Bowman Gray to us, and that's kind of the point, right? This show is going to be coming to an end after the end of the Bowman Gray season, and that's simply because it just doesn't make sense to talk about anything else. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end this first season off because Bowman Gray has obviously been what it's always been about, and it's so incredibly exciting to see everything come to an end, and in in a somber, weird way. I'm excited to see everything come to an end because. It can't keep going on forever, and obviously you, you have that feeling that you want it to, but next summer we'll be coming right around the corner. And we have all this other racing like I got to at the beginning of the segment, so as much as it might feel like it's 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 this sad, terrible ending, and we do get two more events, I don't want to make it seem like it's, it's already over, but we will always have next year, and we always have way more stuff coming up. That we do. Always more on the horizon. Absolutely. With that... We're going to end. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy those races with the twin 50-lap modified. Going to be later tonight, Saturday. Bowman Gray, be there or be square. We'll see you guys next week.